Hello and welcome to another episode of the Better Business Podcast. I am your host, Steve Cook. On today's episode, I have another interview that I was interviewed on the Two Dads podcast um, about being a father in business. Of course, we get pretty nerdy with some business talk, as always, but um, a good portion of this episode was about um, family, tying in your family with your business and things like that. So I hope you enjoy today's episode of an interview with me with the two dads. So yeah, you got, uh, I know you're a father there, Steve. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself, give us a little background, tell us about your kids, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I uh, got uh, two kids, two on the ground and one on the way. Ooh. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be a dad of three um here before too long comment with kyle there then let's go kyle yeah buddy so yeah um kind of born and raised around the oklahoma area um i moved we moved around a little bit when i was a kid to texas and georgia kind of moved all over um but pretty much been in oklahoma my entire life um went to school high school in uh central kind of southwest oklahoma city area and then uh went to uh oklahoma state university and um that's pretty much it. That, nice. Yeah. That when, were like, you, uh, when were you at Oklahoma State? Uh, from, uh, I graduated in 2014. Okay. You're a little bit younger than me, but yeah, I was a Mizzou guy. So that was back when both were in the Big 12. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, old college rivalries, right? That's right. <laughs> and then there's me. I went to like three different colleges and never graduated. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think at one point I was my own rival. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm that much wiser for uh, for the uh, college classes anyway. So don't uh, don't be jealous. Way way too much experience uh, as far as that, that that knowledge is better. I guess if I could spit my words out, I'm telling you, man, it is definitely the first show of the year. But <laughs> experience bring has brought more uh, knowledge and insight than a lot of my college courses did. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, one of the things that I was really excited about getting onto this, you know, getting you on here on the podcast and having you on the show, number one, you know, you are a third generation small business owner. And now to my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, so third generation in the same industry, right? Yeah. So I, I, in the industry, I had my grandpa's on both sides of my family. Um, one of them bred racehorses and then the other one was in feed manufacturing. Um, so they, we, they were in both in the same industry, um, cause we sell feed to horses. Um, but the, uh, grandpa on my mom's side actually helped start the stores, um, that we still have today. Um, so he helped start them with his buddy and then he kind of moved away and did some other things and then came back and, um, was a part of it for a little while, uh, with my parents. So, um, it's actually the same exact business. That's awesome. And so talk a little bit about like, how does that work then? Cause you know, one of the things that we talk about on here is creating a legacy, being able to build something that you can pass down through family and through, you know, the, the generation. So how, how does that work out for you guys? Like, is that something where, you know, as you watched your, your, you know, grew up with your dad and stuff like that, doing it and whatever, when you go into the point where you start getting into the business, what does that transition look like? 
Yeah. So, um, so my dad wasn't always an entrepreneur. Um, when I was in, uh, young junior high, he was, a pretty high up in a corporation called uh, Leslie's pool supplies. And, uh, he ended up leaving that company and, uh, starting his own, um, company. He bought into a franchise called Quiznos. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Yeah. Um, so they've since kind of gone downhill. This was yeah. back in the prime. Um, yeah, we had both those businesses here in St. Louis. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, he was a part of Quiznos for, for several years and, uh, that's when he kind of started his, um, entrepreneurial journey. And really from that time till even now today, um, as I got to the age of really, you know, understanding business and things like that, he was just always preaching to me, whether subconsciously or downright saying it or whatever that, you know, Hey, you know, you're going to want to own your own business. I can tell, you know, the way you're wired, um, just, just trust me. I've, I've done both sides you're, you're just going to want to own your own business. I don't care if you work for me or not, but <laughs> just trust me, you know? And, uh, so that was kind of always, um, in our conversations. Um, but I would say as I got into this business, um, that I'm in now, it was, um, from his side, he taught me uh, real well in that, that it's just tons of communication. Um, so it was, you know, you're in charge of this. Let's see how you do. Um, this is what I expect, you know, things like that. I mean, and he was never like, uh, I, I went through like a phase. I mean, maybe like a month or two where I called him Steve, but you know, it's always, <laughs> I, it's always, uh, so he's Steve senior. So, uh, but I, you know, it's always been, you know, that's my dad, you know, it's never like a, just a structured formal relationship or anything, but, um, he did treat it with a lot of, uh, communication and stuff like that. And that really set me, up for success um, and taught me a lot because that matters not only in family members, but also in um, with your other employees as well, that that communication is, is crucial for, for everyone's expectations. Absolutely. No, for Dude, there's sure. nothing, there's nothing worse in a, than, than having like nepotism in, in a business where that family member is held to like just such low and poor standards. And as far as running your team, you know, I had my brother work for me for, for a while and I held him to a higher standard than anybody else. So he would look at me, he's like, well, that guy's doing that. I'm like, I don't care what that guy's doing. You're not going to do that. You're going to do that and more, you know? And so I think that's super important that your dad instilled that in you so that you guys, that you guys can maintain the respect of uh, those other employees that work for you. So, so ultimately you have a better work environment with better results and it's a place that people want to be. Let me ask you this, Kyle. Do you think that that's like the situations that you've seen? Cause I've seen that too, um, where the family is almost destroyed because some of the siblings or some of the, the parents or whatever are, you know, real lazy and it not only destroys the company, but it also sometimes destroys those relationships within the family. Do you think that's just from a lack of communication? Like they don't have the guts to like say, Hey, you're killing me type of deal. Or do you think that there's something else to that? No, it, it's, it's that. It's communication, setting proper expectations, having certain standards for for both your your you know your kid or your brother or whomever, and um, and holding them to certain accountabilities, you know. So maybe ultimately it's accountability because you see some of these, you see some some businesses out there where like the kids working for them and they they, they have this chip on their shoulder like yeah it's my dad's company I can do whatever I want and I like. <laughs> You know, like they're in high school still. It's not what my daddy said. Right. <laughs> you know, And that's ultimately on the parents not setting the right expectation. 
Like then, you know, the converse or the opposite of, of some of that is you could have some very affluent parents, but they're like, look, man, that's my success. You need to find your own. So you're not just <laughs> going to have all this stuff handed to you. You need to learn to work to achieve goals so that you can go out there and be a productive member of society and not just some freeloader off my money, you know? Yep. So I think, I think ultimately it's how you parent, you know? So anyway, that's yep. my two cents on it. <laughs> it's a good two cents. So your dad obviously didn't. Uh, oh yeah. Here civil civil had a good thing right here. So Let's go, she civil. Says, uh, comparison and co competition between brothers and sisters. Yeah. I mean, that's, that that can happen right you know especially when you get like kyle with you you know you're working with your brother you get a little bit of competition and comparison between the two but so you uh it sounds like your dad actually wasn't part of the feed store then and he just kind of went and did his own thing so how did you come into the picture of going down the road of going to the feed store instead of going the route that your dad was going so he he formally bought it in uh, 2009 um, in a okay. par partnership with my grandpa um, that originally started it, you know, a long time ago, um, which would be his father-in-law. Um, so that's on my mom's side. Um, and then I since, you know, after I graduated college in 14, started working full-time, full-time kind of running it. And now um, he's still a part portion of the um, owner, um, but he doesn't work day to day or anything anymore. Got so it. that's kind of the relationship now. Okay. So basically grandparents started it. Dad got involved after he'd done a few of his own endeavors and kind of did his own thing. And then he used that experience to get into owning this business. And that's where you came into play. That's awesome. It's, it's nice to see that there's not a lot as much of that now, especially with like brick and mortar businesses where you see families just kind of carrying on those legacies. Usually you hear a lot of times of, the kids getting pissed because mom and dad sold the business off and said, well, Hey, we made millions of dollars. It's like, yeah, but I wanted that, you know? Um, so when you, when you got involved after graduating college, were, were kids already part of the picture or was that not quite in the family realm yet? Are you talking about my kids? Yeah. Your kids. Oh no. Uh, no kids, not married or anything. Um, got married after college and, um, quickly, pretty quick after college. And then, uh, had a kid, I don't know, year, year and a half after, um, that. So not, uh, not immediately in that transition time, but pretty quickly after. Sure. And did that have any effect on like the, so getting into being part of the business right away as a, you know, pre-married into being married and then now having kids and things like that, how different is that dynamic now compared to what it was when you first started getting involved in the feed stores? Um, between me and the kids and me and my parents or what? Like, like between you and your wife and your kids, like, so obviously you started out, you know, getting into the business with your dad after he bought it and you didn't have any kids, you weren't married and then you got married and had kids. Did you notice any sort of change in kind of how you had to manage your time and manage your, uh, you know, the effort you put into the business or was it, you know, was it fairly easy transition into fatherhood and being a husband? Like, you know, you talk a little bit about that, how kind of you transitioned in from one point of your life to another while still being a business, you know, running a business. So first off, my dad, as a grandpa, just sayonara, he peaced out 
he was huh. uh, all about grandkids. So uh, he he was out of there. I don't even recognize the guy after I had kids. You know, I'm like, who are you? You know, he's <laughs> comes sweet, back with hasn't lovable. cut his hair in six months. He's got a scraggly oh, beard. Oh man, you know, I was just like, <laughs> you're a different person. Um, so first off, that was that was taken care of, and uh, so that transitioned really well for him. That's cool. uh, but as far as mine. Man, you know, I think a lot of people have like a, I would say they want to slow down and they want to be a part of the family more and they want to be around more. Um, I don't really feel like I necessarily did that a hundred percent. Clearly there was parts of you that don't want to miss out on things and don't right. want to, of course, miss your kids first steps or anything like that. Um, but to me, it almost like straightened me up a little bit um, when I had kids because I got way more serious about I'm the sole income. Um, now I'm the one that, you know, you talk about legacy. I'm in charge of that. You know, it's all on my shoulders. Um, <clears throat> you know, I want my kid to be proud of her parent and, you know, things like that. I think those thoughts almost went through my head more than I want to hang out with her more and things like that. And don't get me wrong. We hang out. She was actually with me uh, yesterday afternoon was her last day of Christmas break. And she came up and um, vacuumed and did some stuff around the office and stuff. But, you know, I think that that was more of a um, made me almost want to work harder after my first kid was born than, than made me want to chill out. You know, Kyle, that sounds very similar to when we had the the interview with Spencer, right? You know, where, talked about, you know, kind of starting a business and getting into the swing of things. And then you have your first child and like something in you just snaps and you go, man, like I have to be the best possible version of myself and do everything possible to make sure that this child never has to struggle and never has to, you know, worry about anything. And it's, it's kind of interesting how that happens because like you said, a lot of people start going, well, I want to spend more time with my family. So I need to find a way to automate or offload some of my work. But then in your case, you know, it, like you said, it straightened your back a little bit, you know, you put in a little harder work and you said, all right, like bring it on. <laughs> well, man, I mean, when you, when you have a whole nother mouth to feed, you know, a little human yep. that, that needs you, not only needs, you know, your, uh, your presence, but all the, like that little human needs, uh, a roof over their head right and they yeah. need, they need stuff they need food right and so they, they, there's just all kinds of different things that go off in your in your mind as a father and you got all these responsibilities that you feel are on your shoulders right and so it it it, it does drive you to find a whole nother gear in yourself whether that's in the office or at home or and both right so it's um becoming a father is just a crazy, crazy experience. And, and it, it pushes you in places that you didn't expect. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, but now you have another and then another on the way. So you keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Right. And then you just find a way to make it work with, uh, with each passing day. Yeah. So we're doing a, uh, so the, so the second one's a boy. And, uh, the third one, my wife's been obsessed with this, uh, not finding out the gender oh, deal. Man, no so, way, no way, man. Same thing. Can do it. Oh do it. yeah. I was, Hey, I'm, I am like hardcore against it. I'm like, Nope, this is impractical. We can figure it out. We can have the room yes. ready. You know, this is, this is stupid, but 
she's <laughs> she's into it so whatever sometimes you just kind of go okay your thing yep. I'm that's good. not a battle <laughs> i'm gonna yep yeah that's not a battle i'm going for yep that's awesome well and and if you don't mind us asking when's the new one coming around uh july 18th is the actual due date nice that's awesome well congratulations that's that's always exciting and you know, that's something that uh, I actually, Kyle just told me earlier this week too, is that's, uh, you know, him and his wife are expecting now. Yeah. Uh, Christmas surprise. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, told, that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we're excited. We're excited. We just, uh, we just got to, to, to see, cause it's too early to hear the heartbeat. So it's, it's really early. And so, but well, we wanted to tell our boys um, this this Christmas, right? And so usually we wouldn't have like talked about it this early to yeah, be right. honest with you. That's cool. but secrets out. So that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the you know the feed business in general. You know, kind of what that entails. You know, one of the things then when we were getting this all set up to get you lined up to be on our show, you know we found that you're actually one of the top distributors, not just in your area, but in the country. And you're doing that with what, three locations, right? Mm -hmm. So where are those three locations? So we just kind of surround the Metro, um, Oklahoma okay. city Metro. So we got one on the West side, one on the Northeast side, and then one on the Southeast side. Um, so we just kind of surround the Metro on the three, three sides. And how does that translate? When you when your dad, partnered up with your grandpa how many stores were there uh just one um the just oklahoma one. city we call it the oklahoma city store it's northeast oklahoma city um and there was just one store at the time and uh, then the yukon store was second and then our norman store was third right on. that's awesome and so as as your dad partners with your grandpa and you're kind of growing up through this and so you're kind of observing from afar so i don't know how plugged in you were but what kind of growth did you did you see your dad or what kind of impact did you see your dad have with your grandpa together and then how did that ultimately shape you into like wanting to be an entrepreneur and then kind of like well, we could segue past that later but i'm just really curious on how on what you saw as that uh, transition went down yeah so my dad's like hardcore it was a cool it was a cool relationship because my grandpa um knows the feed business he'd worked at uh, perina for years and years and um and had actually helped start this store years ago so he was not only familiar with the feed business but also this actual location so it was a cool partnership because he knew a lot about the industry and then my dad knew a lot about owning a business and he knew a lot about retail from his previous job and things yeah. so um i would say it was an incredible purchase in that my dad saw the opportunity that was way out in front of the store. So um, there's so much opportunity around the Oklahoma City Metro, especially in the world of horses, um, which is what we really specialize in. Yeah. And um, the store was not successful at all. And I'm, I would have to ask him or go back and look at the books or whatever. But um, I think that the store was maybe even losing money or not making much money at all. Um, there's multiple people that they caught stealing when they first bought it. Um, I mean, wow. just, just terribly ran absentee owner. The owner actually lived in Kansas and like never came, you know, um, it was just a real, really, really poorly ran so, store. Which, your grandpa and dad bought that store together. He, your yeah, grandpa so, didn't run it first. 
He ran it first with his friend years ago. I think back in the eighties. Okay. Um, so then he exited, and then exited, and okay. he worked for okay. uh, Perina, and he worked for I don't know if you're familiar with Brahms, uh, Kyle, yep. but um, he he helped start the dairy farm Brahms, and uh, was friends with Bill Brahm, and so he he went off and did other things, and then when they came back, uh, was okay. kind of the first time he had been reintroduced to the business. Okay. So, because at first I thought you were throwing shade on your grandpa. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. So they were both like, you know, kind of wide eyed, just like, what is going on here? But, yeah. you know, it's kind of similar to a rental property, right? Like if you go to a to a house and that you're wanting to buy or flip or whatever, and it's beautiful and the lawn is mowed and, you know, there's nothing that you can do to in- improve the value of the property. You're going to have to buy it at a really good price or, you know, there's not much you can do to it. So you know, when you see a business that's being ran terribly and, you know, all these things are wrong with it, but you can see so much potential if you could get all those things fixed. Um, you know, it's a scary thing to get into, but, you know, it's kind of like buying a house that's just in terrible condition that just needs, you know, new paint, new carpet and things like that. Dude, there's a whole episode right there, man, of just talking to your grandpa and your dad on like how they had the foresight to identify and then, and then, uh, uh, project into the future on what that could be that 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 is that's wild it's pretty awesome it's generational wealth too you know or generational opportunity anyways yeah sure so they 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 bought it and kind of took over found this opportunity that was 2009 ish um took over and the first i'd say year two years again i'd have to go look back and look and i looked at one time um it went from you know, less than a million, I think it's 600 or 700,000 in sales or something like that. And, you know, just started increasing and increasing, but mostly it was fixing systems and not getting things stolen and an owner being there every day. It was just the basics of business. They just showed up and, you know, took care of customers and it quickly went to, I think a million or a million and a half in sales or something like that by, um, mid like 11, 12, 13, something like that. It's pretty amazing what can happen when you implement a system or two, have some presence. Like the low hanging fruit is, is just so big. Yeah. There's so much, so much opportunities for just doing the basics in business. It's crazy. (laughs) You know, just show up and be there and open the doors, (laughs) you know, things like that. That's something that goes along with, you know, franchising in general is a, a successful franchise model basically is bringing people in that are willing to show up. And that's what, you know, that's why McDonald's, you know, when you think about how McDonald's does their franchise model, and I I know Quiznos was very similar in that aspect of like, they had a high price point to open a store Mm -hmm. and you had to pay a lot of money to get just the ability to have a franchise. And then their only rule really is you have to run the store. Like you can't just hire employees and bounce out and say, okay, Chick-fil-A is very similar. Yep, Chick Fil A is very similar. Yeah, actually, uh, Chick Fil A, you got to work. You got to work in a store for a year before you're allowed to buy it. And then, yep. and even after you are a part of it, you still have to. I, I mean, they have like very strict rules. I can't remember what it is, but you have to like be there so many hours. And I mean, it's like incredibly yep. strict. Uh, a good friend of mine, his brother does so owns his own store now with Chick Fil A down in Texas, I believe. 
And so he had the same thing. He had to be uh, a shift lead and work his way into a manager role and then become a regional or a, a district manager, then a regional manager, then a general manager. And as a general manager, he managed like something like 50 different stores and had to go all over. And they don't give you 50 stores like in a pocket. They give you like a, a set of stores all over the country and make you travel to each store to look at different ways that different cities interact with their stores before you can open yours and be a, a GM of your own store. And so you basically become like a traveling GM. So it's interesting when you talk about that, you know, opening, you know, getting this feed store, your, your grandpa and your dad buying this feed store that your grandpa, you know, was a part of years ago and come back in and just light that fire again, just be present and be accountable. You know, going back to what Kyle said, accountability, being accountable for being there, making sure people aren't stealing, making sure, you know, stuff's getting done, making sure that you're able to do the things that you need to do business-wise. So that's a really cool concept that I think a lot of people miss is having presence in your business is really key. So I'm glad you touched on that because a lot of people miss that fact. So uh, back to, I wanted to go back to like looking at the fact that you guys have three locations in the OKC area and how does, how did that translate into becoming a national brand? So, you know, I wouldn't say that we have a national brand necessarily. I mean, there might be people that know about us, but we do sell, um, it'd be similar to, um, say like a shoe store that sells Nikes or a shoe store that sells Reeboks. Um, sure. We're redistributing uh, products that other people make. So Perina, we carry two national brands. There's really only two big players in the national brand market and that'd be Perina. And then there's another one called Neutrina. And yep. so those two brands uh, are probably, you know, there's some other ones arguably, but those are the two main brands in the, the entire U S so in 2021 um, or 2020 for sure, I can't remember if we got it in 2021 or not um, with Neutrina, we were the largest uh, dealer in the nation for Neutrina um, in bagged feed. And then in uh, Perina, I don't know the exact numbers. I know we're in the top a um, little bit, but we're, we're one of the largest dealers in the nation for them as well. Sure. That's so, awesome. I mean, and putting that into perspective, right, is it kind of goes along the lines of, you know, some of the stuff that Kyle and I have done and, and what I do now is, you know, promoting other people's products, right? Is, you know, you find somebody who you believe in, who you can partner with and you distribute their product all over. And so while you guys may not be a nationally known brand as a, as your stores in OKC, you're still, you're, you're distributing, you know, like you said, for Perina, you hear the, the, or is it you know, Neutrina, right? You're the largest mm -hmm. distributor for Neutrina. That's a, that's a big deal for a feed, you know, for a, a brand that has only just a few stores to be number one in the nation for their brand. That's, I mean, that's something, give yourself a pat on the back for that because <laughs> I know a little bit about horses. I grew up with horses around my mom and some family and some of those owners are very meticulous in how they handle everything i mean they're just i you listen to them talk and it's amazing the the level of knowledge they have about all the littlest details so to, to be a distributor of that level means that you're not just creating trust with the brand but you're creating trust with your store that people come to you to get that feed so that's pretty cool 
And do you get, did you guys do any big marketing or anything like that to, to do that? Or is that just, you become a, a known brand to distribute that, that feed? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty serious about marketing. Uh, you know, we do, we do a bunch of the normal things. I, I think in the feed world, it's probably pretty crazy and technologically advanced and things like that, but we've got, uh, TikTok, lay, Instagram, lay the on us, buddy. I want to hear the campaign. <laughs> we're do, we're doing it. We do a little bit of everything, you know, as far as social media stuff. Um, but I'd say, you know, from 2017 to 2020, I'm about to get back into it here in about a month. Um, but I did, I think it was pretty close to 70 or 80 episodes of a, a deal called Steve's horse show. Um, and just would go interview people. And, and I had like a, you know, somewhat produced 12 to 20 minute, uh, show that I would do weekly and sometimes more than once a week. And, um, I would say that really kind of helped us grow outside of just our little pocket of customers and, and word of mouth business. Um, but, but yeah, that's kind of how we, we started taking off as far as a local market as well. So speaking of like little videos like that, somehow I managed to stumble on to, uh, this dude called Nate the Hoof Guy on YouTube, and he 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 like cleans up cattle uh, cattle hooves, right? And okay. like he goes through and he does all this thing. But anyway, like they're wildly weirdly entertaining, right? <laughs> For somebody who's never done anything like that, and so like I'll find myself watching like three episodes. But anyway, <laughs> like I could easily see that being like this this uh, this sort of this uh, like backdoor marketing campaign into. <laughs> into a feed store it's when you just rub your eyes you're rubbing your eyes at two in the morning you're like what am i watching i gotta go to bed 100 <laughs> percent. Yep. like i just got done watching like something on bitcoin or something and then like Nate <laughs> <guy> shows up. <laughs> yeah google has to think like who is this guy <laughs> this guy is one of a kind i don't know what to serve me, man. <laughs> You're keeping Google on their toes, man. For sure. Hey, they need to work for that money. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my gosh. So, so that's that, that's awesome. So you're developing you developed yeah. those shows to help build your brand locally. What other sort of things did you help innovate to help transition a business from your dad and grandpa into you and then ultimately into the number one distributor for for Katrina? I'd say direct sales is probably something that I uh, did more than, or I, I mean, really like there's not a lot of other feed stores around that just do direct sales like us. Um, we'll go cold call on farms. We'll cold call, you know, whoever. And I say we, me um, <laughs> does that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's very large horse farms around the Oklahoma city area. I'd say between 100 and 500 horses and they're not, you know, these aren't the type of people that you would think of when you think of a huge horse farm. These are people that are business people. They're, yeah. you know, most of the time they'll have slacks on or something like that. You know, I mean, they're very like, they're running these places like businesses. And, um, you know, in the feed world, it's kind of funny. I think a lot of people just assumed that these places were buying from 
you know, direct to a manufacturer or whatever. And, and we've kind of weaseled our way into, I'd say a majority of some of the larger commercial farms around the area from just persistence of, you know, and then once you, once you become a large dealer with a lot of these feed brands, your pricing becomes better than some of the other people around. Um, so you're able to compete that way as well. So um, I think that's kind of what set us apart the last, I'd say two to three years that we've really um, been able to escalate. So I caught one of your episodes on your podcast and we'll get to that in a little bit, but like one of the, and it, it was, I think your latest one that you had your, uh, one of your marketing partners on. And one yeah. of the things that he says right in the beginning of the episode is get clarity on your offer. Right. And part of the, part of that clarity is understanding what sort of experience you're bringing to your customers. And so when you talk about that, that, uh, getting into the market in those places where they could buy direct from somebody else or whatever, like that's the differentiation is you can bring them a different experience. That's going to be something that's better, not just for, you know, the, the conversation, but better for their business, ultimately more beneficial that can help them grow and reach their goals. And so that's, that's pretty cool that you were able to kind of have the foresight to get in there and create what sounds like, more unique offers to help benefit their business, which ultimately helps you grow yours. Yeah, that's, that's kind of our, you know, and, and getting clarity too, it's, it's scary to corner yourself in one industry in Oklahoma. We have a ton of horses, especially per capita. I think we're one of the, the largest per capita in the United States. We're one of the top five in horses period in the United States, but I think per capita, we might be one. And, um, so, I mean, I'm not saying it's a small, tiny market or anything and that's scary, but you know, we, we specifically tell people, Hey, we specialize in horse supplies, feed, hay, you know, and things like that. But we've done that on purpose because, you know, if we just try to be vanilla and have a little bit of everything, we become very similar to PetSmart. We've become very similar to tractor supply. We've become very similar to, <laughs> you know, Orsalins and, and all kinds of different, right. um, these big box yeah. retailers. And so we've, we've tried to specifically tell people, Nope, we're the horse people. We only carry horse supplies and horse things. Dude. I love that. I tell, I think I say it regularly on the show, but like if you're marketing to everyone, you market to no one, yep. you know what I mean? And so there's, there's, there's power in niching down and doubling down on your strengths and being just scary good at that one thing. Because you can be wildly successful at that one thing, right? If you're good at it. And so I think there's a big lesson there in in and identifying what you're good at and going after it. And then only then, once you kind of attain that level of success, then start to branch into other things like you probably have done with your podcast. Yeah. And there's a guy, um, speaking of the podcast, there's a guy that I interviewed it was a little while back. Um, his name was uh, Taryn Gessel is his name, but he, I don't know if you're in the fitness, if you keep up with any fitness stuff, but he has a show called triathlon Taryn. Um, and it's like incredibly interesting to listen to him talk because he has like hundreds of thousands. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of YouTube subscribers he has and stuff. And I was asking him, I had him on the show and was like, man, how, you know, how do you start out? How did you do that? Did you just kind of ride a wave or what did you do? And he said, man, he said, I wanted to become so niche specific that I won at least something. <laughs> he said, so triathlon is a tiny group, but 
being, I was only making videos for beginner triathletes. He's like, that is as far as internet education. He's like, that's about as specific as you can get. You know, he's like, I've got a hundred thousand people in the world that might follow me. And he said, so that's where I started. I wanted to win that. He said, if you Google or YouTube anything in beginning triathlete, you know, questions, I'm going to be the guy. And he said, what you can do is, is you can always branch out. And that's what people don't understand is they think like, oh, that's not a big enough market. Well, win that one industry or win that one market. And then you can always become, now he's doing like endurance coaching and running coaching and stuff like that. He has all kinds of, I think he has an app now and all kinds of stuff. So you can always branch out later, but you, you'll never win anything if you try to be vanilla from the get. Right. Well, that's something that I, I, go ahead, Kyle. Hang on, Josh. Do you follow, Josh, do you follow Dave Gambrell at all? Yep. Okay. So this just wildly specific thing came up on my timeline today and it's from Dave Gambrell's group. And so I've followed him ever since like we got out of the click funnels, one funnel away challenge. Right. Like he was yep. one of the people that were, that were around anyway. So he posts this picture and it's the rock, right? It's, it's, it's the rock in a tan t-shirt in one panel of the image. And in the next panel, it's the rock in a tan t-shirt with like a jungle background. And then and there's four pictures of the rock in a tan t-shirt with like trees in the background. And in the caption, Dave's like four different movies, four yep. different movies get wildly specific and successful at that one thing. And then you can branch out. And then like later in, in Dave's caption, he's like, and now the rock has a tequila brand. He's, he's in music. He's got a sports apparel brand. And yep. uh, another thing, uh, and and that's exactly what you said with your uh, with Taryn's example. Niche in, and then you can and, and get wildly good at that, and then you can branch out to these other things. And the audience doesn't necessarily have to be the same. No, you know it doesn't at all. There's going to be some overlap, but use the success of one thing to, to launch another and launch another, and you know get get good and then launch another, right? And so it's it, that's just kind of wild that that was the uh the post that i saw earlier in the day and here we are talking about it on the show that's awesome yeah Yeah. well and that was my point too right is one of the things that i see a lot and so one you know one of the things that on this show i talk about is you know i i help people in the beginning stages like that's i've gone through all the hard stuff i've i've spent the tens of thousands of dollars on courses and trainings that didn't work right that that people just it was just a money grab for whatever company that was and you can tell because they they teach the same thing that everybody else teaches they just charge 10 times more and so what i tell people the number one thing and i love that you touched on this because not very many people will is it's not even just about niching down in just a, a general sense it's like you said win the one thing and focus on that one thing you know we tell everybody focus on one business on one marketing model on one channel you know get really good at that one thing and then add another and then add another you know and a lot of people go through and they say well but i want to be on TikTok, and i want to be on facebook and i want to be on twitter and it's like if you're a jack of all trades you're a master of none and when you can't master one thing you can't be a master of anything because you're going to continue chasing your tail And the thing that I heard you say, which really stuck out to me was you actually say the word no, 
Like people are like, well, hey, do you have this? No, we supply horses. That's, that's, that's all you do. You supply horses. And so people know you as the horse supply of the OKC area. And so when people want to go get something else, they'll go to pets, you know, PetSmart, they'll go to Tractor Supply, they'll go to Orson's, they'll go somewhere else. They won't, you know, when they think of horses, you know, and this is something that I looked up too. I, I did a, I did a little, little sleuthing before we got on the show. And I was like, I wonder how, if I go search horse supplies in Oklahoma city, who comes up and you guys come up front page. So, hey, but did you do that incognito? <laughs> did I do it incognito? <laughs> come on. You, you know who you're talking to. Of course I did that incognito on a browser. I know, don't normally use too. Firefox. Yeah. So, but I mean, that, that's just the thing is I love, I love how even when we're talking about physical businesses that are, you know, hand handshakes and conversations, like in cold calling and all that kind of stuff, things that most people think of like old school type marketing, and you're taking the new school and bringing that into the old school and teaching, you know, whoever says you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? Like you can teach old businesses new tricks. You just have to be willing to jump in and do it. And so that leads into obviously your podcast, your, your better business podcast. What point did that become now the next step in your journey? Well, I, you know, Hey, and just to put a, a ribbon on that last point, I think, you know, that applies to retail stores, but that also applies to every service-based business that applies mm -hmm. to every e-commerce business. And what people think of is, man, if I niche down too much, I'm going to be disappointing people. But what they don't understand is that's the most freeing thing that you could ever do. When someone comes in to, for our example, when someone comes in to ask us about this special order goat feed and we say, no, I'm so sorry. We specialize in horses. Then that's, that's freeing to you. That's not because what happens is if, because if you're going to be a vanilla person and you carry a little bit of everything, you're going to disappoint the horse people. You're going to disappoint the goat people. You're going to disappoint the dog people. You're going to disappoint everybody because there's no way that you can carry it all. And so a lot of people think it's going to be limiting, but it's actually freeing because you can say, nope, sorry, we don't do that. And if it is a horse thing or something that you don't carry in the, the equine world, then you say, okay, well, here's our deal on special orders. And here's our, you know, you have very specific instructions. So I think it's, I think that's freeing in a service-based business or anything like, man, I don't do Facebook ads. You know, I specialize in this certain thing. I don't do, yeah. you know, email marketing. I specialize in this certain thing and it's freeing more than it is limiting. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's a really good point. I'm, you know, and that's, I think that is a really powerful statement that it's freeing, right? That it's not, it's not that it's your disappointment to somebody. You're freeing yourself from the stress of having to be the every man to everybody. And you can be the one man to one group of people and you can serve those people at the highest level and, you know, how many times do you like, so take that in consideration then how many times does someone who's a horse person come in and say, Hey, do you have this? You're like, no, but why, you know, like what, why would you want this? Like, what's well, here's the conversation too, is half the time it's, Hey, do y'all have this for horses? No, we don't carry that. I'm so sorry. Here's our requirements around special orders. It's $500 minimum or whatever. And they say, oh, I knew if anybody would have it, it'd be you guys. 
<laughs> right? So that's the that's usually the conversation is I knew my best bet was with you guys. I can't find it anywhere in the Metro, you know, or, or something similar to that. Um, but that's usually the conversation is, is it's almost a compliment. I knew, I know what you guys stand for and I knew that you guys would have a good shot. You've positioned yourself as the expert in that specific thing. Right. So that's why you get people like that, you know, and that's probably why you get referrals. Like they probably have like a friend talking like, Oh, I need to go get this one thing. I'm gonna go check out this place and be like, no, 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 you need to go see Steve over here. Like he'll take care of you, blah, 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 because he's the horse guy, right? Yeah. So I'm sure you get conver- people coming in like that all the time too. Yeah. You asked about the podcast. I, you know, how I got there, man. I, I basically just kind of, I, I'm a sucker for just incredibly tactical, nerdy, as specific as you can get business talk. And I just felt like, man, there's, there's so yep. many podcasts out there that, you know, will tell your, um, you know, you see a founder of blah, blah, blah on a podcast. And you're like, oh man, this ought to be good. And you listen to it and it's like, tell me about your childhood and tell me about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I know that there's a place for that for context and everything, of course. And I do that on my show, but I want to know like, Hey, wh- I see this that you do. Why do you do that? Why do you yep. do this? How do you, how do you do this certain thing? So, I mean, I, I try to study the people beforehand and, um, I've been lucky enough to, um, interview several authors and, and I'm able to read their books beforehand and, and ask them very specific questions like, Hey, I thought this was a great point, but what if this happens or whatever? And, and so, I just felt like there wasn't a podcast out there that was really specific for small business and, and just very tactical. Um, and so that's what I kind of wanted to create. And um, that's what I'm doing with it. That's really cool. What and, kind of growth have you had so yeah. far? Man, I've, I've, uh, I kind of had a weird uh, start. I started right at the beginning of 2020 and uh, was kind of uh, stumped because I was trying to do all in-person interviews uh, because I wanted oh, wow. to use it to meet a lot of people around the area and stuff like that. And, uh, I had, I don't know, 20 or 30 episodes in and, uh, then I got, uh, which the lady was probably crazy. I don't even remember who it was now, but somebody like completely guilt tripped me about like having to have an in-person interview, like in the midst of COVID. And, uh, I felt like, how dare you try to have a human experience with me? <laughs> yeah, sir? She was like, are you serious? At a time like this or something, you know, like really like shamed me. And I was like, crap. And like, it really got in my head and I was like, screw it. So I took like a hiatus for a little bit and, uh, was like, all right, I'll try virtual. You know, that's the only way I can see this playing out that I can kind of expand because man, you talk about in-person interview, y'all know how hard it is just to get somebody on a virtual episode. Yep. I mean, you know, when you're talking about driving 30 minutes to your place, interviewing, you know, stuff like that, it was, it was pretty tough. So virtual has really freed me up, but I've only been back at it since September. Um, I think I'm almost 70. I've, I've got like 70 something episodes recorded. I can't remember what I've released. I think 60 beginning sixties is what I've actually released. But, uh, so anyway, so I'm just kind of back at it since September. That's awesome. That's that's really funny because well, there's a couple parallels. We got a, a lot of similar journeys uh, that are yep. happening here. But uh, so we started this, this podcast in 2020. Um, similar, also, I good dude. I'm telling you, words are not my friend today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were you were on an energy drink earlier, right? Yeah. It, but that's just making me stutter. You know, I'm just tweaking. <laughs> you went too far. You no. Know, yeah. Right. Just just over the edge. 
but <laughs> maybe it's just because I'm excited. But <laughs> yeah, no, but like in the same way that you're that you started a podcast for your business with uh, local folks to help meet people or, or spread awareness to your brand. Um, in my day job, we we've done the same thing. I host another podcast for our local business that is advocating for our audience in certain ways. It's not necessarily specific to what we sell, but it's specific to, uh, to senior, senior citizens in our market that, that just can try to add value to them. Like what is this other business we could highlight that, uh, would serve the same people that we serve or hmm. what's this cool thing that's happening. Like there's a senior Olympics thing that happened last year. And so we've done some in-person interviews just like that, you know, and it's, it's pretty cool what podcasting can do and like doors it can open and just getting into, to meet people and help not just spread awareness of your brand, but help your audience to have a better, just overall experience. Yep. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's something that the the parallels for like our podcast, you know, we started those two dads, right? It was, you know, kind of the, along the same lines, like what you talked about with, there just really wasn't a podcast out there that did what we do. You know, we focus a lot on showcasing families and, and people who have kids and whether they're married or not doesn't matter, but it's more of like trying to showcase the parents out there that are building businesses and, you know, creating legacies for their family or even just trying to survive by doing things a little bit differently than what we've been taught growing up and when kyle and i sat down and talked about it we said like we want to be something that is you know niche down so we specifically focus on parents and we you know try to focus on people that have some sort of journey into it doesn't have to be entrepreneurship right like you know we've we've had a couple people on that are in the corporate world too that have made it big in the corporate world and just talking about their experience between being a big executive so we had a guy on that was an author and so he wrote a book but he's also a big executive of financial institution so that dynamic still serves our audience because the the niche isn't business the niche is parent you know like parents in business or some sort of business leadership position. So it's really cool to hear those similarities of, you know, even our story getting started, you know, our growth hasn't been what it probably could be, but we also only record episodes once every two weeks. So, you know, we're, we're very in between. Yeah. And that's why Kyle talked about break, you know, when we were talking before breaking some of them up to do smaller chunks, but do you feel like the, the podcasts on your side, like, is that something that you're doing more personally because you want to be able to expand your own brand or is that something you kind of started to help also with the feed store and, and try to help get your face out there to kind of funnel stuff back there yeah i mean it, 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 it i have no um really motivation with anything related to the feed store as far as the podcast goes um clearly i talk about it a lot and you know mention it right and i would be shocked if somebody, you know, listened to more than one or two episodes and didn't hear something about the feed stores in that. So, um, does it get mentioned and brought up a lot? Yes, but I'm not in no way plugging that. And so I would definitely say this is much more of a personal, you know, just kind of whatever. I have no uh, monetary value from it. I have no, you know, aspirations of doing anything like that. I I'm specifically wanting to meet people. I've been able to meet, um, 
you know, like I said, one of my favorite authors that's I that's written several business books. Um, his name's Mike Michalowicz. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. Um, I was able to uh, meet some professional sports teams owners and stuff like that. You know, cool. so there's right. nothing like you know what I mean. Like th there's no way that you can approach somebody and say, "Hey, can I talk to you for 20 minutes to an hour and pick your brain about business?" In what other platform would you be able right. to say, you mind if I jump on a call with you? Like at least with a podcast, you have a shot, you know? Um, right. So if nothing else, man, I've, I've, I've gotten so much motivation out of it and encouragement and things like that just That's as awesome. a, as a effect of it. That's really cool. So looking at the, the future, obviously, you know, are you, you've got your podcast, you've got the feed store. And, you know, you're, you're obviously building a family and all that kind of stuff. What cool things do you have kind of floating around up there that you want to really dive into going on in like the next, we'll say the next, you know, two to five years? Man, I love, uh, I love the feed industry. It's, it's really, um, it's very similar to grocery stores. It's a, it's a slow growing, you know, uh, boring old business, but man, it's a, it's a um, very profitable, very stable, you know, I mean, if, if COVID and 2008, 2009 and all those things can't shake it up, I don't really know what can't, you know, I mean, right. um, clearly something could shake it up. <laughs> it, um, but um, I love the feed industry. I also um, can see myself doing a lot of other things, especially around small business or marketing or something similar to that, which, you know, kind of explains the podcast and in wanting to grow a personal brand, I don't have anything lined up necessarily, but um, I do love just business in general and, and marketing things and um, stuff that's very similar to sounds like kind of you guys' aspirations. Um, so I don't have anything specific, but I would like to build, you know, more than one company and, and, uh, hopefully just have them all to where they are able to coexist together and maybe even feed off of one another would be, would be amazing. Yeah. That's, that's a cool dream in itself, right. Is being able to have multiple brands that kind of, you know, tie together almost, you know, like, and that just kind of gave me a thought of how cool to be to have a, a business that maybe even turns into like transportation wise where you can actually deliver stuff to people, you know, from your feed store or ways that you can incorporate, maybe, you know, bringing someone in that can do training or something like that, or, you know, farrier type stuff or whatever, you know, there's, there's so many things when you think about the the brand of a feed store that you can incorporate as a, as a secondary business that can bring new faces in or even, expand your well, brand out from, to different areas you know from from what a business owner wants to do right as you know is is right. increase ltv right and so you have a an audience and you probably have a very loyal audience right so from like strictly from a business sense you're like well how can i continue to offer value to these same people or or what is their next problem that they're going to have and how can i be the solution so that, you know, in turn, how does that ultimately help me grow my business as well and reach my goals? And so, you know, that's the first question that I, that I ask. we have that conversation at my day job all the time. You know, what yep. is, what is the next problem these folks are going to have, or what is a complimentary thing that this audience needs that makes sense uh, to, to help us uh, to grow our own, our, our, our own, or to increase our own growth. Right. So that's like the perfect next question to ask if, if if i'm 
you know, if I'm you. An ideal, a dream scenario would be a store within a store model. You know, Best Buy perfected that with the Geek Squad type of yep, deal. Yeah. You know, whether that's uh, tack repair or um, something similar to that or a tack store within our store, um, yep. something it's, similar it's a, to that. It's a Hoof video, Hoof YouTube channel. It's a Hoof YouTube <laughs> channel. I, hey, I've, I've done a, yeah, I'll have to send it to you. You're so into Hoof uh, Farrier stuff. I'll, uh, I did a, I did a uh, Farrier episode on Steve's Horse Show. I'll have to send it to you. Um, yeah, awesome. dude, I, I, I swear I will eat that up, man. <laughs> it, it's cool to watch. Like I, I've seen a couple of them too. Like they're just they're cool to watch. Oh, that's hilarious. So yeah, so but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like you know, there's there's stuff like that, stores within stores, and things like that that I've really you know whether it's vet clinics or uh, tack things or yeah. um, I mean even trucking companies. I mean there's there's a million different things you could do that would not only coexist but would kind of vertically integrate itself. So. Right. No, that makes perfect sense. Well, that's awesome, dude. I I I love the story of you know especially like what's cool is hearing the kind of the growth of your dad kind of getting into his own businesses and then circling back with your grandfather to get back in, you know, your grandfather back into the same feed business, you know, decades later, and then turning it around and watching that grow, watching that open up to more stores, being able to, you know, take the national number one spot for Neutrina and be their biggest distributor and all that kind of stuff. Like those things are not small feats. And to do that and do it at, you know, because I mean, I think you're around our age, you know, what, 30s, early 40s, something like that. So like, that's the thing is you're not waiting until you're at retirement age to finally hit your wind, you know, and then, you know, be able to get that big break and, you know, hit those, those magic stars, you're actually seeing a lot of the, the fruits of that now. And I love your mindset in how you're looking towards the future that especially the store in the store model. So many places are doing that now because it's such an easy sell to find somebody like look at uh, Kohl's brought in Sephora. Now, now they've got Sephora's inside the Kohl's stores you know, target you actually, return your Amazon packages to Kohl's. Yeah. You can return your Amazon packages to Kohl's. Uh, you know, Starbucks now is a permanent staple in target. You know, you go to any target now and you got a Starbucks right there in target. It's just so many of those things that are happening. And the fact that that's where your mind goes of how can you grow that bigger and how can you grow that better and be more value to your audience. That's something that, you know, more people right now are in survival mode. And it's refreshing to hear from somebody who is in growth mindset mode where you're just like, okay, how can I make this better from a personal standpoint with your podcast? How can you make it better from a business standpoint, thinking about what you want to do for the future? And so um, I, I'm excited to see where things go for, for you and, and your business and just your family, because that all this obviously helps your family in the long run too. But uh, any- Is that the making money? Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, here's actually, I, so quick, quick, weird quote thing. So <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and, uh, and the podcast is actually called the, it used to be called MFCEO. And now it's called real AF with Andy Frisella. Yeah. And he, one of his early episodes, and I was going back and listening to some more of his early ones because I love his content. And he talked about that. So many people talk about like how money's the root of all evil. And he has his co-host who is a, a pastor and 
he says no like the 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 quote is wrong money is not the root of all evil the love of money the love of money is the root of all sorry i took your punchline i didn't mean you're good you're good (laughs) i love it because you know exactly where i was going with it it's like the people get it wrong is they think that money's bad no money is a tool that allows us to live the lives that we've dreamed of living and you use it to grow you use it to build you use it to better yourself and the world around you and the fact that everything i heard had nothing to do with you know like the only thing you talked about money was when you first when you guys first got into the store your dad and your grandpa first got into it and it was losing money and (laughs) the sales and stuff like that's a real problem in business but you didn't talk about like oh it was losing money so we didn't want to do it it was losing money and you knew you could fix it and that was the biggest change and you fixed it and now you've become a trusted brand and that just goes to show that you know, you don't, the love of money doesn't build businesses. The love of people and value is what builds businesses. And you definitely showed that here. And I do appreciate you bringing that to our show because that's really what we're all about. You know, I talk about all the time, be the change you want to see in the world. And I can tell from listening to your podcasts and, and, uh, you know, checking out the stuff about your store and all that, you guys are definitely living that to the T. That's super nice, man. I, uh, thanks for, thanks for saying that. And, uh, thanks for having me on and, um, I appreciate you guys and the questions and, um, getting to chat. Y'all are a lot of fun to talk to. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. Thank, dude. You. Thank you. So for yeah, all of you we could probably pick your brain for another three hours. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of long winded like that, but as it's, <laughs> We, we crossed an hour four minutes ago. So. Yeah, <laughs> we, we try not to go too long. We're not we're, we're not Joe Rogan. We don't go three hour <laughs> episodes, but uh, you know, even though they're good, it's just we try. You know, Spotify is after us, but we just haven't. <laughs> <said yet. laughs> yeah. yeah, we we got strongly worded letters. Spotify <laughs> said y'all's uh, the the long episode deal is already tied up with Joe, so if y'all can keep on under an hour, yeah. they prefer it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Leave, leave, leave Joe's time frames alone. Yeah. Um, oh but yeah, God. so for all of you out there listening and so the and watching as well. So the podcast we talked about uh, for Steve here, that's the Better Business Podcast. And you can learn more about Steve over at stevendcook.com. So it's S-T-E-V-E-N-D-Cook, C-O-O-K.com. And if you want to check out about their feed store, they have the cookfeedandoutdoor.com and you can head over we'll have there all those links that. in the bio and yep. also on the YouTube bio. So we'll have everything underneath. Go, so go check them out. Check out. But otherwise, uh, Steve, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and we appreciate the time you took to be here with us and any, any final thoughts, any, any last golden nugget that's on your mind that uh, people who are aspiring business owners or entrepreneurs that you can tell them. Nothing smart. Get to work. (laughs) Get to work. work. I like that. Straight to the point. So, all right. Till next time, everybody. Thanks again and have a wonderful night. See y'all. Happy New Year. Hey, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Better Business Podcast with me, your host, Steve Cook. You know, starting or growing a business is hard work. So I hope that today's advice made it just a little bit easier for you. 
We'll be sharing more about this exact topic all this week on my social platforms. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, or if you would like to get a a personalized blog post from me on this topic, you can join my email list and I will send you an email once a week. You can check the show notes to subscribe to that or find me on my website, whatever's easier for you. Now get out there and go grow a better business with this advice from today's Real Pros. Thank you for listening. Thank you.